0: This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. You can find their products online or in your local grocery store. Journalists are often referred to as authors of the first draft of history. And that's no different for sports journalists who are documenting the greatest athletic achievements of their generation.
1: Mark Martin has been a sports reporter in West Virginia for over four decades. He's won many awards for his work, and he's created relationships with some of the most well-known athletes, not just from West Virginia, but from all over the world.
0: And not only is Mark just a downright great reporter and great guy, he's also a great teacher. Mark has taught me everything that I know about being a sports broadcaster, and I'm very thankful for our friendship.
1: This is a wide-ranging interview where we hit on many great subjects. Like, why does it seem like so many great athletes and coaches come from the great state of West Virginia? Mark shares stories about Jerry West, even Tiger Woods, the Greenbrier in a bathroom. Yeah, we'll let you figure that one out. So let's get to it right now on this episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast, where we advocate for all things West Virginia by interviewing West Virginians and having authentic conversations with great people like Mark Martin. So let's do it. Mace, hit the music.
0: The sun does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. Cooper Zimmerman with me, CJ Harvey. Our guest today, Mark Martin, a good friend of mine, co-worker, sports director at WCHS-TV in Charleston, West Virginia. Mark, you are currently in your kitchen, not to like call you out, but... er, this is nothing bad, but man, you've got you have pictures in your kitchen of some of your favorite restaurants, right? That's like one of your that's like one of your side passions of, of is like food, restaurants, taking pictures of restaurants and uh, memorializing them in a way. What are some of the favorite restaurants that you have behind you? Like, what are some of the, the best places that you can recall? I know that we've talked about this before, but just like for everybody else, what are some of your favorite places out there?
2: Well, they're all, first of all, they're all my favorites or they wouldn't have made The Wall.
0: <laughs> the, the Wall is how <laughs> yeah, you know it's yeah, good. Yeah, that's that,
2: it. That's, yeah, if you make The Wall, you're you're pretty good. But, <laughs> you know, they're from kind of all over. I mean, actually, some of them are from right here in Ripley, where I live, but some are West Virginia-based. But some of uh, places the places, the two of us have eaten together, CJ, out on the road uh, covering Marshall University and other sports. So we've got a little taste of Memphis, uh santa fe or i'm sorry albuquerque dallas ripley uh s- north central west virginia uh, ohio so i think that might oh be- you weren't
1: kidding like this is like an new- actual collection oh, of no, no, no,
0: this is true this is all over the country yeah
2: <laughs> and new york and new york yeah. yeah yeah so yeah so we got a pretty good uh pretty good uh still adding to it hope to keep adding <laughs> <laughs>
0: i guess that is like like you said, one of the benefits of, uh, you know, when you when you travel with teams and you get to kind of go to all these places, man, you you get a taste of the town. You know, like we were just in New Orleans not too long ago. We we got our taste of the town when March was down. Yeah, the bowl game, and so. I'm glad
2: you brought that up, CJ. So since we're going to be off and you're going to be working, half uh, <laughs> I'm going to. I think uh, you know I need to get uh, some of those off my phone and get a few of those uh, New Orleans stops that we had. Up there. Uh, here yeah. Balls.
0: yeah. Was that cool to watch the Final Four? From now that you've been to the Superdome and, you know, and seen what it all looks like, how cool was that to, like, watch the Final Four and, and watch a Saints game and be like, man, I was there.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, uh, 1993, I went down there when the Mountaineers played Florida yep. in the Sh- Bowl, so I hadn't been back since. And, and really, when I went that first time, as I told you, I didn't really – to kind of take it in the way i should have because this was my first ever chance to cover a bowl game and i just thought all i should be doing is work 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 and so this time around we we had we worked and we had fun and uh yeah it was it was cool it was kind of funny i think the day we got back from the new orleans uh i just flicked on the tv dead tired and uh C- uh ncis new orleans <laughs> was the one they were literally standing front of the uh, super toe. like wow I was just there <laughs> yeah, I think I
0: uh unfortunately I, I think I played a little too hard on that trip because did we have a good time of course what I also got when I arrived back home was COVID so I think I went a little too hard in New Orleans
2: yeah there were many nights I woke up uh from a dead sleep and uh, <laughs> I don't think you were over there <laughs> uh, no
0: no no come on now
2: <laughs> give me a little more credit than that you know, I love you it were, you were out a little later than I was, I yeah, was yeah, probably.
0: We did have separate rooms, so that was that was nice.
1: <laughs> Mark, let me ask you this because it, it's funny. Just, I mean, I did not know you were like a you know restaurant reviewer. That's cool. It's a cool kind of hobby thing to collect along the way. But my question, maybe for both of you guys, as you know, professional journalists, do you feel like you've had a unique uh opportunity i guess to live in west virginia but to get to explore as if like like i've always thought that news reporters and folks that have to you know they're journalists or whatnot you guys get like experience the town in such a deep enriching way you know all like the people that maybe someone who is even if i lived in west virginia maybe i take it for granted or i don't know that what's going on over here like has that been just neat over decades of a career to really be able to kind of cultivate long-standing relationships with this community members restaurants people you meet people you interview games you watch coaches that sort of thing has that been like maybe an unexpected like just enriching plus to the career in journalism would you say
2: oh there's a question uh i mean when it first started out obviously i got into it because i wanted to cover sports and just be around games and then quickly i started realizing just all the neat people that help make the games up certainly the coaches uh, first and foremost and then you know delve into close relationships with players and administrators and uh, referees officials and you know rest uh, concession stand workers uh, I mean you name it I mean it just takes a whole gamut of people to try to you know make pull these sporting events off and yeah so it's really neat and so yeah I've taken uh great pride in you know making a lot of friendships through through the years
0: yeah and kind of piggybacking off of that definitely mark uh understands the history of some of these guys to west virginia more so than i just because he's he knows these people better too and so kind of okay i mean call it what you want wisdom whatever but uh No, you know, in in being able to work with Mark, he's just kind of taught me like all of the what's important, what's valuable and what's good to know. Actually, I I love the story that uh, early on you told me when you started working at W.O.A.Y. That was your first. um, Well, your first full time sports TV TV (laughs)
2: job, first full time TV. for
0: a full-time tv job and and you had made it your mission that you were going to meet all of the sports legends from that area and you did you went after you you met all of these guys that uh, were kind of heroes of their time in that area and that that's just like that the passion that you have for that is is very clear but that's also important you do need to know who the legends of the area are you know how are you ever going to understand its history if you don't go out and try and meet these guys so i thought that was very cool that you set out the second that you got in tv you set out to do that and it is just you know kind of continued today
2: yeah I mean, yeah just down there i mean my gosh i could just rattle them off day with on <laughs> within day upon day but you know van meter jerome van meter of course obviously uh we just saw the state high school coach of the year that's uh, who was named in his honor uh kevin gertz of logan so to all sports and coach van meter was i think uh, about late 90s when i interviewed him mm-hmm. uh you know jennings boyd you know eight straight state basketball championships don knuckles at mullins i mean here there's a guy that you know you think of mullins and you think of the dan tony's but you know obviously don knuckles was greg white's coach and just a legend himself and he, he just pete colacerto at beckley and yep uh uh, Jim Lilly at Oak Hill and uh, those guys just, and and not only just to go and interview them, now maybe not so much Coach Van Meter because he was much older at the time, but, uh, you know, I can still remember after interviewing him, he was at a football game and I'm like, hey, coach, do you remember when I came over and uh, interviewed you on a cold winter night? He said, oh, yeah. And I, I literally asked him one question that night and he talked for 20 20- <laughs> we a quarter tape back then and uh, the tapes were 20 minutes and the tape ran out at, tape. <laughs> before he ever stopped and then of That's course you know, and that was down there but then you know of course one of the uh, you know just kind of continued along those lines you know when I came to Charleston to do the same thing and you know here just within the last few years when you know one of my great pleasures was getting maybe getting to interview uh Dan D- Dan D'Antoni's father Lewis yeah um, yes yeah. last person ever interview him probably was and you know and that that was pretty cool i think he was 102 when i entered oh my him. gosh yeah, yeah Kinda, he, he was a great coach too i mean you think about high school basketball legends and a name that jumps out at you is willie Akers who was jerry west's best friend louis d'antoni was willie Akers high school basketball coach so yes yeah. Yeah, so, you know and you just find that stuff out you know you just i like to read and you know it's not like it was you know Put it in my brain. I mean, I had to find it out somehow. But I definitely right. want those people. And not only did was I fortunate enough to meet them, I you know I, I can honestly say that uh, many of those became really really good friends.
1: CJ, we've got big news here at Mountaineer Media. Mister B Chips has agreed to stay on board and remain our presenting sponsor for all of 2022. That's easily
0: the best news of 2022 so far. I'm a little biased. I get it. But no, this is huge news for us. And Marianne Kettleson is the CEO of Mr. Beef Potato Chip, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. So Marianne, thank you for believing in us. We certainly believe in what you and Mr. B is doing as a whole. And Cooper, Marianne, just like one of the coolest people out there, right? We've spoken with her on a handful of occasions. She's ultra supportive, but she's just like this down to earth, chill person.
1: The queen bee, as we like to say. He's an absolute rock star, guys. Check them out, mrb.com. Find them in your local grocery store. We're so, so uh, proud and supportive of Mr. B because they believe in us and they believe in West Virginia. Cooper, there are a couple of things in life that you really just like can't mess up. You
0: really have to nail it on the head, like buying a car, buying a home, buying an engagement ring, something that you and producer Mason Jack just went through. And both of you guys just bought your rings from one of the most trusted jewelry stores in all of West Virginia and they are now a proud sponsor of Mountaineer Media Calvin Royals Jewelry and Cooper that was a great decision that you made going to them to buy that ring wasn't it?
1: It absolutely was. It was a little stressful, but I tell you what, once I walked into the doors at Calvin Broyles, I went to their South Charleston location and look, they made it so easy. I was not put under any pressure. I was informed, it was fun, it was uplifting. It was all about creating the best experience for me, buying it, but also with my fiance in mind. They listened to me and I ended up getting a great piece of jewelry. And I think you can too, anybody listening can go to South Charleston, Taze Valley, or Beckley, go in there and see Calvin Broyles, mention Mountaineer Media, and I'm sure they're going to get a little smile across their face because they're investing right back in West Virginia. They even have something called the Harton, West Virginia Collection and money that comes from that goes towards a scholarship for West Virginia students. So they believe in West Virginia, just like we do Calvin Broyles Jewelers, proud partner of Mountaineer Media. Yeah, you can check them out
0: online. They also have stores in Beckley, Taze Valley, and like Cooper said, South Charleston. So check them out online, check them out in stores. But Calvin Broyles Jewelry, proud sponsor near Media let's piggyback off that relationship that you just talked about with the Dan Tonys Dan who you know very well Mike and Lewis who unfortunately has passed and obviously Kathy D'Antoni the sister too so you know talk and Mark, about
2: and, Mark, it, and um,
0: Mark yeah exactly Who who's um, actually a lawyer in town he's an attorney right. in the Charleston area so um, maybe talk about your relationship with them or, or even the impact of the Tonys in West Virginia, because they certainly have left their footprint, not just here in the mountain state, but certainly at a national level. When you think about what the Dantones have even accomplished in, in the NBA.
2: Well, I think it's kind of neat, really, for me, the one that intrigued me the most was Dan. And yeah. it, I think it was because he, because I love the beach and I loved Myrtle beach yep. and, you know, like, wow, this guy coaches basketball, high school basketball in fertile Beach. <laughs> yeah. be great. And, and, you know, and he had restaurants there. So I just, I read about Dan and of course, Mike, you know, had, had you know, was coaching as well at, at a, at a different level, you know, with, uh, within the pros and mm-hmm. he's a So now Mike is the first one I ever met. And I met Mike on the golf course, uh, covering a, a golf event down at Glade Springs, uh, gotcha. built W.A.Y. And I remember that uh, Greg White was with him. And I said, is that Mike D'Antoni? He said, yeah. And, I, and before I could even get to him, Greg's sort of walking with me. He goes, Greg's just as we're walking towards Mike D'Antoni. Greg just keeps going, legend, legend. <laughs> <laughs> grew up, you know, he grew up, you know, under this guy's wings, so to speak, and Dan's. Mm-hmm. And Dan and Mike are, you know, right there together in age. I think Dan's one one year older. And so, uh, you know, and then I didn't meet Dan until uh, a few years later. They had a thing in Mullins called the Night with the Tonys. So it was D- Lewis, Kathy. It was all the Tonys and they just honored them for kind of what all they had done. You know, so you think of Dan and Mike with basketball, but then, you know, Kathy, you know, very high in the, the education structure of West Virginia. Just just recently retired. I mean, mm-hmm. a very well thought of and dedicated educator throughout her whole life. And then, and then Mark, as you mentioned, an attorney and was a very good basketball, you know, as well. And I believe played at Coastal Carolina. And then he played for his dad at uh, Chesapeake. So, uh, yeah, so that's just a, a neat family. And I, and I think the thing that stood out to me, most of all, when I spoke to Mr. D'Antoni Lewis, that time interviewing him, he said, uh, the thing that I'm most proud of with all of my kids is that they all got along. Mm-hmm. And, you know, TJ, we've been around Dan a long time and you think how often Dan brings up Kathy and Mark and, and Mike and Every you know, week. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> pretty neat man you know so it's like yeah they're all very successful and certainly athletics has played a big role in their lives but you know just just you know just real smart people and you know you just tell that their parents just you know good parenting and you know good you know there's a prime example just great parenting you know and we've heard so much and we hear so much about you know lewis but then you know their mother betty you know was just a I think Dad told us the story, you know, that she couldn't come to some games because she hit a referee. Yeah, now that one, that, that's
0: very, a funny story.
2: Yeah, she got passion. Yeah. I guess she was a great tennis player. And uh, so uh, just, yeah, just, just man, just a deep family and just a real real blessing, real honor to get a chance to be with Coach D'Antoni, uh, you know, quite a bit throughout the year doing his coaches show.
1: Yeah. I want to see, Mark, if we can put a theory together here. I have a theory. I want to see if you agree with me. Because, um, I mean, nationally, I think if you polled everybody nationally, I don't think people would say West, immediately West Virginia would be the top of their list for, like, sports figures whatnot folks that maybe were a general sports fan but then as West Virginians know we've got you know Jerry West Lou Holtz Bob Huggins Nick Saban you know the Dan Tonys we've got you know national level figures probably because we don't have a pro sports team we're not immediately top of mind for being you know known for sports but then you look around all these national influential level people have come from West Virginia do you think there's any sort of like threat, like common thread there with coaching and and just genuinely good people that have, you think maybe have led to success at at that, like at within sports because of growing up in West Virginia, is it because family values or, you know, relationships or, you know, mentorship and friendship and all this type of things? Like, do you think, or do and over decades of you interviewing coaches, do you see like, wow, I can almost see that coach going places. And because maybe they've come from, they come from such a good genuine place.
2: Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, I think you mentioned some of those people, and it's—I th- I think you can just tr- attribute a lot of it maybe just to coal mining and just what does coal mining mean? It means hard work, and so right. a lot of families might, maybe, maybe their parents perhaps weren't coal miners themselves, but just around coal miners. I mean, I—I I didn't grow up. The son of a coal miner, but I grew up the son of a steel worker and you know, obviously that all ties in there and then you know new people that were in uh, the coal mining business and I've always been really fascinated by just reading stories about coal miners because I'm thinking my gosh there's no way I could go I could crawl in there and do that. You know, eight ten hours a day for forty years of my life. So yeah, I, I think it just I think it just really all comes back to just you know if there's if the states just got great people and they're hard workers and and they care and they care about family and you know I think that just equals success in whatever they choose to do. And obviously, you guys have interviewed a lot of different people, not just sports figures. And you know, I think I think it's just yeah, you know, it's a common thread, no no doubt about it.
1: Mm-hmm. How
0: often do you come across somebody that? doesn't know much about West Virginia. How often do you find yourself in those situations where somebody like really doesn't know much about West Virginia and it almost becomes your duty to try and explain what you know, or at least give a first good first impression. How often do you, do you still find
2: yourself in those situations very often? Yeah, I mean, you do, but in a, and of course for me, maybe, maybe in some instances it's just somebody maybe that just doesn't follow sports as yeah. well. I've, yeah. I've got a, I've got a great buddy who I went to high school with who was a great athlete. And, uh, but I mean, he's the type of guy like, uh, you know, Hey, how are the Mountaineers doing? You know, just yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Almost over. I <laughs> you know, just kind of throw that out there. But yeah, I mean, but that happens. But then again, there, are, I, but I know for me personally, just in my world and my work and then sometimes like, wow, I didn't know that happened. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, yep. I probably would have been the, maybe like you know the, the situation that happened at the Academy Awards. I, I could I could have used you know I, <laughs> I, I did happen to watch, but I didn't see it when it actually happened. But I think you know that, that could be me like three days later, like wow, <laughs> oblivious <laughs> <laughs> because, I, because I am that guy over here. Like I'm I'm thinking about West Virginia. And I'm thinking about sports yep. and about all these yep. figures. You know, I, that's kind of my my world that that I live in, but. Uh, you know but you know i if, if i can and 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 i think you generally and it's like with me i'm always wanting to learn and I, I, i'm a love to read and want to i'm always trying to gain knowledge and so if i can hand that off to somebody and certainly you know the younger generation i mean you and i've talked a lot i've given you some of that knowledge and then here you are a younger person living in the world of you know the technology and stuff and i'm like how do i do this (laughs) where's my legal path (laughs) yeah yeah. always learning i I think it's a trade-off every you know i think we all learn from each other and so yeah so if i can certainly help somebody and and they're interested they want to know then then yeah you know i I could probably stand there and say all right how much time do you have
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah what do you want to know
2: the stuff at you
1: i like it i'm wondering i'm just always thinking if west virginia could support one pro sport team Do you think like what sport would it be what do you guys think i mean like football probably seems out of the question but do you think we could west virginia could could support a, like a, a pro sport team tj what do you think
2: well i mean you know obviously it's it's hard with you know population and you know the state mm-hmm. like all spread out but you just as as we learned in pro sports it's it's all about the big metropolitan areas and then Mm -hmm. even we've watched pro teams leave one big town for another and think how LA la's the second largest television market in the country and you know for a long time they didn't have the nfl so yeah uh, yeah i think it would be hard i guess if you're saying what would be the sport you know my guess would probably be football. I think it but but I don't know. I mean basketball, I mean obviously you think the Civic Center or the Coliseum, those those arenas are, you know, Fit 12, 14 thousand you know, you may may need a little bit more, but you know, with would just the whole state, you know, I, you know, you think okay, West Virginia, WBU, Morgantown, a lot of people come from all different spots. You know, Marshall's got a, a real good fan base and it's not just all there in that mm-hmm. Big window. I mean, I think that's where they get the bulk of them, but you know, if you're a Marshall grad, you're a Marshall grad, and you love the herd, you know, and you live in Wheeling, who knows, you might, you're coming down there six times a year to watch them play football or basketball, but all in all, I think, you know, I think it would be, I think it would be difficult in this, in this day and age, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe back, back in the day, uh, you know, uh, you know, there was, there was semi-pro football in Charleston for a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, the Charleston Rockets and Wheeling had the Wheeling Ironman. And, you know, and I, and I can remember because I was playing college football at the time and the Charleston Rockets were a team that that was kind of when that level of football was sort of considered, Hey, you know, you still may have a crack at the national football league. And I actually played college football at Salem for one year. And some of those guys that I played with at Salem played on that team because they had actually had some free agent opportunities in the NFL and it just didn't happen. So you know, uh, but uh, I, I would say football or basketball would probably be the the two. And of course, then you know Charleston still has pro baseball. But you know, as a kid, I remember the Charleston Charlies. I mean, they were AAA. That, that was you know, AAA that, baseball. That was AAA baseball. So a lot of those great pirate players,
1: yeah, you know, came through there. Up, yeah.
2: It's like wow, those guys were in
1: Charleston. <laughs> they're good. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty big deal. What's the status on the power? Is I know because it was, it was like a threat. The we Dirty Birds. The Dirty Birds. Oh, well, that's right. That's right. The Dirty <laughs> Birds. But like, did it did it change farm teams? Is it still like, or what was?
2: Yeah, they're like at an independent league now. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're, so they're not really affiliated with a major league, uh, you know, organization at the moment. And, uh, you know, but hey, Charleston's got baseball and it's still it's guys that have either had a little taste of it or trying to still get there. And, you know, and so, you know, it's a beautiful ballpark and it's good that they have somebody occupying it and you know, good mm-hmm. entertainment. Certainly, from you know the month of April through uh, actually their season's pretty long; it goes into October. So, a lot of be a lot of, baseball. A lot of yeah. baseball over the next several months.
1: PJ, hey, when we see other West Virginia companies pouring their heart and soul into the mountain state, it really does fire us up. And our sponsor, Building Appalachia, man, I tell you, they're doing exactly that. Go ahead and tell the listeners what exactly Building Appalachia does. Well, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha,
0: Putnam, or Cabell counties, definitely reach out to Building Appalachia, buildingappalachia.com. Jordan Christ and Jacob Skinner, we had them on the podcast. They're genuine guys, and they just want to make this part of West Virginia better. They want to connect people with their perfect home, or they want to renovate a home and connect it with somebody that it might be their perfect home, the next family that moves in there. So Find these guys online, buildingappalachia.com, and if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell Counties, these are the guys that you need to get connected with. Uh, yeah, quick little sidebar story, the, the Dirty Birds during the the MLB lockout, now granted it probably wasn't ever going to carry over into the season for the dirty Birds Cause they started at the end of April, but they were like trolling major league baseball. Like they had this video of them, like opening a door. It was like, Nope, not locked out. <laughs> and like that, you know, cause they're not associated with major league baseball anymore. So, you know, I think that is kind of one of the cool things about the dirty birds is it, cool. I don't know how you describe it, but they, they don't care now. It's like, they are kind of just like their own entity. So they can kind of make fun of, major league baseball they can kind of have these fun antics and do goofy things and kind of get away with it so i do think that that new change in uh, charleston baseball is very different than what charleston is used to <laughs> for mm-hmm. historically uh, but, they, so.
2: yeah. and they, but they are guys you know if you look at any of their backgrounds i mean these are guys that have oh had my gosh there is serious baseball backgrounds yeah. and, you know yes. so yeah but just a bunch of guys going out there on sunday afternoon you know and uh, around now to have, have just a good time you know it's it's, yeah. it's pretty stuff and they still love it and they they want to do it and hope, hope uh, you know there's uh, I, th- I think the, th- the one thing i do kind of like there's all these guys have just great stories and with, with any athlete but these guys have stories of like hey you know what what's your story and why you're still playing you know are you just yeah. want to stay in the game can't give it up it's kind of like i loved what bob huggins said when he got inducted into the hall of fame he just said, "He goes, I just couldn't get away from the bouncing ball." Yeah, the great. I just thought, "Wow, that's I." You know, and I think anybody. I mean, I, I can relate to that. I think anybody's been around sports. It's, you know, why are you a sportscaster? I just couldn't get away from from all that I had done my whole life growing up. You know, playing sports. So how do I just how do I just kind of keep this going? I mean, I'm not going to play forever, but. Man, what's what's the other what are the other alternatives? And you know, either be a coach or be a broadcaster. So yeah, yeah it worked out.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I, I know that Cooper. Did you have a question? No, did I didn't So I I know that through your years, you've met some incredibly fascinating figures, and so I kind of want to go through a couple of these guys that I know that you have relationships with or that you've met either in passing or you know well, and and maybe you can just kind of tell us the story. But I do love you'd mentioned Salem football. How did you get to Salem football? To 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 Salem College at the time, and because it was the great late Bill Stewart who
2: ended up getting you there, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, just like any high school football player, you kind of don't want to see it end. And I was kind of frustrated with my high school days because of an injury uh, my senior year, especially. And I just said, this this just it just can't end this way. I, and I and I and I, it wasn't even about that because I had been you know, there was never a doubt in my mind that that's that I wanted to do something. I wanted to play college football and, you know, but I think I was smart enough as probably by my junior year, like, you know, I was really kind of keeping my eye on the old West Virginia conference and those schools, the Glenville's and, uh, you know, and Wesleyans and Fairmont's and all those schools. And I had gone to a football camp when I was in junior high, uh, uh, seventh and eighth grade years, uh, going into my eighth grade year and going into my ninth grade year, I went to a, a football camp at Glenville State College, which was one of the very few football, you know, there's camps all, all, all around now for every sport, you know, and pick a sport, there's about 20 camps, you know, yeah, yeah. and that's about the lone football camp there was, and I went there, and, oh, the first year I went up there, I was with my cousins, and I kind of goofed around, and second year, I'm going to be a freshman in high school, and my, my light bulb just... Not that it hadn't before, but my light bulb just totally changed about getting really serious about everything. And, and so so I kind of started really following West Virginia Conference football as well as the Mountaineers and Marshall. But, and I just, uh, you know, uh, wanted to go play in Salem College. I got a letter from uh, Coach Larry Blackstone, who was the head coach, who was the All-American at Fairmont, Hardman Award winner, spent a little bit of time in the NFL. And, and I go up there for a visit with a few of my buddies, and uh, Bill Stewart uh, drives us around Salem, uh, which probably took all five minutes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a very big town, a very big school. And I remember what Coach Stewart said he goes, There's more churches in this town than there are bars. And that was uh, just something that kind of stuck. <laughs> And, you know, so I just kind of really thought, man, this might be the place and had what I wanted to major in. And so, therefore, I, I decided that's where I was going to go. I'm going to a couple more times. None of my buddies were going to go there. And me and Coach Stu, we, we hit it off as, as, as I did with Coach Blackstone. But then before I got to go up to Salem to actually play, Coach Stewart was gone. He was <laughs> gone. Uh, he Gosh. was on his defense to you know other other things and i think he went to the uh north carolina to be a grad assistant and uh but coach blackstone was still there and so uh coach Bla- you know and i only stayed the one year and then transferred to marietta but uh coach blackstone and i are, are still very very good friends and you know wasn't anything against him it wasn't anything against the school i i just i just kind of wanted to change and just you know you're 17 18 years old you, you I got hurt up there uh, I got hospitalized for a couple of days and I don't know I did well in school but I just I just uh, I guess I entered the transfer portal long <laughs> before the thing, long before there was a thing but but no but it all worked out you know to, to go to Marietta my mom got sick with cancer and I was a lot closer to home at Marietta and uh, you know played football there and got got to go home a lot more and see her so it all worked out but yeah I have, I have good memories of Salem no doubt
0: yeah the long windy road but then you ended up getting back at Bill right didn't weren't you interviewing Bill and oh, then you yeah, he said cause... hey coach why'd you leave
2: right <laughs> then you get back at okay. him okay. Yeah, Coach Stewart. uh, I hadn't seen him since then. You know, I mean, I saw him, you know, toward the end of my senior year in high school, which was 1979. So now you fast forward to 1994, and I'm at WOAY doing some Marshall stuff, and they're going to play VMI. And i think uh, you know he's it's his first year as the head coach at BMI first year as a head coach anywhere and I thought you know I'm going to go down there and do a story on him and I called their at the, their sports information director Wade Branner who is still their SID to this day wow. Wow. and Wade yeah Wade's a terrific guy and I called Wade and you know said hey could you set this up for me and he said sure and so I drove down there and I had told Wade just tell him a guy's coming from uh, West Virginia wants to do an interview with you. And I said, but don't tell him who I am. Don't tell him my name or anything. And I told Wade the, you know, the story. And he, and I said, this one, I was curious if this guy would remember me, said, I doubt that he would. And and he comes out of a coach's meeting and Bill Legg was on his staff and Bill Legg comes out of there. And so coach Stewart comes out and says, coach, this is the gentleman from uh, West Virginia. And Hey, do you, uh, he might, uh, Think you might remember him. Goes, I know exactly who this is. <laughs> he tells off my name, position, and town I'm from. Wow. And then interviewed him, then went over to what he referred to as the mess hall because, you know, the, the military, uh, you know, affiliation there with BMI. And we sat there and ate. And his wife came over, and Blaine Stewart had just wasn't very old. They, they got him in a little, you know, uh, carrier. Yeah sat him on the table there, and uh, I've teased Blaine a couple of times. I've had a chance to talk to him and said, I had lunch with you. You just don't remember it. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. probably yeah, didn't even eat anything. Then <laughs> Stu obviously came to West Virginia and, you know, very, very, very close to him and, uh, you know, missed miss that guy a lot. He was a great West Virginian.
1: Yeah, I mean, West Virginia, I mean, it does feel like – because like you know my earlier question about pro sports like we don't have pro sports so it really does feel like our college we really do embrace our college sports and high school level of course but like college sports is you know it's what we have right so I mean the W Marshalls like these different um you know even the smaller colleges in West Virginia I mean it really feels like hey these are our people that we enjoy spending our Saturdays, Sundays you know weekday practices and idolizing and they come a lot of them come from the great state and it's it's a lot of them it's a cool two-way relationship because you feel like in West Virginia You can always, even though they're a stranger, you can almost know somebody who knows a person. So it's cool to have that like connectedness, if you will. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it.
0: So through your time, I've told Mark that when he decides to do whatever he decides to do next, that if he writes another book, like I think you should, it should be like each chapter should be about the people that you've met. Like just the, way, yeah. the, the the chapter Bill Stewart, the chapter Rich Rodriguez, um, and and I do I do like your Rich Rodriguez stories too, but two of the people that come to mind after just like getting to know you over the years, obviously the Masters just wrapped up. You have a pretty funny Tiger Woods story <laughs> of how you how you yeah. met Tiger. Uh, are
2: we allowed to say that? Oh, yeah, I was in, I was in the bathroom and Tiger <laughs> was there, and he comes flying out and he z- washes his hands and he can't find towels and <laughs> if he, he cramped little locker room bathroom there at the tennis center at the Greenbrier and because that's where they had the media center and uh, yeah he had been up there working out there was you know workout facility up above and uh, I said are you looking for the towels he said yeah and I said oh, they're right there and I and then it like copies like you know that well that's tiger Wood <laughs> <laughs> I he thanked me for showing him where the towels were, and I wished him good luck. And you know that was that's that incredible. was like a Lone encounter with the uh, tiger.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh my but gosh. Just even incredible. the thought of like him coming out, like busted out of the door, hands are wet, you know, <laughs> looking well, for towels I, everywhere.
2: <laughs> sound, but I was down there, and Tiger was having a press conference, and uh, I know we had somebody in there shooting it, <clears throat> but it was lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Kenny Bass and I were there, and, you know, as we go back to our love for food, as you know, CJ, you covered the Greenbrier Classic, and pretty good spread there, uh, you know, for breakfast and lunch, and so, <laughs> Kenny and I are, like, inside, we were going to go eat, and we look in there, and, I mean, they are packed in there, I don't think you can squeeze one more person there, <laughs> and Kenny just says, hey, look, it's Tiger Woods, <laughs> and I just keep going <laughs> to, to eat, you know, we, you know, so it was like, uh, you know, we're interested in what Tiger has to say, but we're also interested yeah. in what <laughs> what what's on the spread there. Time it's, to uh, eat too. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I was hungry. I'd been out there all morning running around doing stuff. So I was yeah.
0: ready. Yeah, hey. the classic is is a crazy, crazy event. It used to yeah. be what it used know. to be um, breaks
1: my heart. I mean, in the early years, it was like I mean, you would hear a lot of the tour players say they loved it because they'd bring their families. I mean, the concerts, and I think Phil Mickelson's. You know, he was. I don't think he ever bought a house. He wasn't one of the guys that bought a house, but he like he loved it. Like, and he had the nice quotes about West Virginia and the outdoor and stuff. Um, it is a shame that we we kind of lost that glory because that was a real showing of what West Virginia kind of outdoor, you know, whatever tourism could be. Um, that was a really really cool event.
2: Yeah, when I worked at WAY. I, I covered the state amateur golf tournament there, and which is a, a big, was a big deal, and still is a very big deal. And I had never been to the Greenbrier until then, and so you know I was probably gosh late twenties, uh, and I, don't, I I just remember you know I'm in White Sulphur Springs, and you know you hang the left here to go into the the to the Greenbrier, I'm like oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had no idea what I was what I had just stepped into, but yeah, that's a, a great place. Yeah, when
1: did the bunker when did it, when did they reveal that it was the whole bunker? What year was that? Was that like <laughs> was
2: it... I have no idea. I've never had a chance to Let's take a uh, peek.
1: Yeah,
2: I'd like to take work. a peek. Um, yeah, it's
1: Look at cool. it all, JJ, like I don't know how long how long was that secret like decade? I mean, it was decades worth of being like the whole like,
2: yeah,
0: I mean. It That is definitely worth checking out. It's very cool. All right, so I'm looking at something right now. I don't know if we'll get like all of the answers that uh, we're looking for. 1955, Dwight D. Eisenhower cons- instructed the Department of Defense to draft emergency plans for Congress in case of nuclear strike. Uh, so that doesn't really tell me construction of the, the bunker ultimate. began in '57. Sat there until yeah, I knew,
2: I knew it before I was born.
0: 70s. Yeah was completed in 1962
2: yeah
0: and then the bunker project casper codenamed project x and the bunker was also known as project casper through the 80s so it must have been shortly after that 80s and 90s
1: That's pretty sweet Um, i mean just like a little piece of west virginia like (laughs) it's it's almost like
0: treason though you know is it a reporter's job to expose national secrets when it's like safety (laughs) you know They probably told
1: you you couldn't be reporting on that when it was was going on for sure.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, but that's who it was that broke the story. It was a reporter. reporter. He was was sniffing around. Yeah, he was like sniffing around the the grounds. And he was like, why is there this five-star resort in the middle of West Virginia? And it's just, you know, and why is there a bunker underneath it? You know, he found out
1: that there was a bunker underneath anyway. DJ, when I'm cooking dinner, I at this point in the evening, I've got little mental capacity left. So something that has really improved my life and made cooking dinner a breeze is using raised rub. Now raised rub is a true all-purpose seasoning that's packed full of mouthwatering herbs and spices, 21 of them to be exact.
0: Yeah, it's like a mouthful of flavor when that chicken pork or vegetables get in your mouth when you take that first bite with raised rub sprinkled on top or if you seasoned it beforehand it's just like boom punches you right in the mouth it's it's a delicious taste you can get it on raised rubs website or amazon.com and they just ship it right to your door man brody Prodnick was a former guest we had him on he was awesome and he oversees the raised rub operation based out of morgantown but uh, man, this is a west virginia company to its core and we are loving to be proud partners with Razor Up Cooper.
1: Order Razor Up today. DJ. one of the things that you just got to have in life is a job. And if you're in West Virginia, I think the best place you can go is Mountaineer Employment Solutions. Now, they're a premier talent acquisition agency. So that means if you're a small business, they can help you get employees. Or if you're just looking for a job, Mountaineer Employment Solutions can help you do that. Hold on, Cooper. I'm writing
0: that down. You said J-O-B. Oh, job. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not great at spelling. That took me a second to get there. But yeah, definitely. Mountaineer Employment Solutions is the way to go. If you're looking for a job or for a company that, you know, if you need staffing for your company, definitely check those guys out. You can find them online. Beamountaineer.com. That's Beamountaineer.com. Bill Carter found this company. He's an awesome guy and he's going to hook you up. He's, gonna, he's genuine, man. He just wants to help people, especially West Virginia businesses. So go check them out. Mountaineer Employment Solutions. You can find them online at beamountaineer.com or find either of their locations in person in Morgantown and in South Charleston. Mark, another one of your, uh, your broadcasting idols you had um, an encounter with in a bathroom, Fern Lundquist. What? <laughs> What's yeah.
1: it with these bathrooms? Not Mark? to tell all the all bathroom the- stories, but those <laughs> are the funny ones.
0: You <laughs> he met Vern Lundquist at Army Navy, right?
2: Yeah, Army Navy game, and I do. You know, obviously, I knew he was doing the game. And yeah, I went up there, and uh, some friends of mine were going to the game, and they said, uh, you know, you ought to go with us. And they said uh, we don't we don't have an extra ticket, but you know, maybe you get a ticket and just ride up with us, and you might have to sit by yourself. And I'm thinking and I'm not going to get a ticket. I'm going to get a press yeah, exactly know, yeah. And what I did, they couldn't have been more accommodating. And yeah. And I thought, man, you know, if I'm in the press box, maybe there will be a chance to see Vern Lundquist uh, bump into him or whatever. And sure enough at halftime I did. And uh, you know, he's in the restroom and I'm in the restroom and you know, like, uh, hey, Mr. Lundquist, how are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm doing great. How are you? And I said, fine. And I said, they've got this good game going on here. It does. He goes, yeah, boy. And off he went. <laughs> and that was it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool there. Then a couple of years later, uh, it was back in Baltimore, because the, the game was in Baltimore that year. The game was in Baltimore again, and that was his last Telecast uh, mm-hmm. doing football. Now he did the Masters again this weekend, but yeah, he's pretty much done with football, and basketball. So that was his last. That was his last game. So yeah, I've read a book about him, and yeah, it's, uh, it's just a great, great career, and uh, just seems like a really neat guy and kind of kind of cool. You know, Jim Hamrick, our friend uh, of the MSAC, Jim Hamrick, uh, his son Jay was a great high school quarterback at Spencer. And Spencer won the state championship in 1992. Uh, No, i think take it back, 1991. And Jay and the Yellow Jackets, they were the first team to finish 14 and 0 in the state. That was the first year for 16 teams. So they were the first team to be a 14 and 0 team. And then Jay went to William and & Mary and had a, had a really good career there. They moved him to tight end and fullback, and he, he, he was really good. And so then Jay got into education, and Jay has just, like, worked all over. I mean, he's been everywhere from Tucker County to Africa, and now he lives in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, because wow. they love in his life and kids love to ski. And that's where Vern Lundquist lives. And Jim Hamrick still <laughs> tells me he thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> Where he lives, I'm telling you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and, I, and I do know this, Vern Lundquist loves Cracker Barrel. I do know that.
0: <laughs> Was that in the book? I don't remember. It would... Yeah, it's in the book, yeah.
2: Yeah, he loves yeah. Cracker Barrel. And I think Gus Malzahn's what loves You know, Gus Malzahn, I think, he eats at Waffle House after every Auburn game. Well, <laughs> now no, he's obviously, yeah, but, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Wow. Hmm. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I, the book, I think, would do really well if you just yeah. had i don't know different My bathroom,
1: bathroom encounters yeah there's <laughs> yeah. i
0: almost it, yeah. yeah maybe a couple of those <laughs> i almost yeah. envision like the the vern lundquist is almost just like a one-pager <laughs> that's just like well, a one-page I, chapter and then so you
2: know, the jerry faust at the ripley yep. bob yeah you know, that's it yeah the think a high school coach from, went from a high school coach in cincinnati to the head coach at notre dame and you know yeah. uh, like, you know, just stand there like I walks Jerry Fowles like Coach Fowles. How are you yeah. guys? <laughs> in the
0: Ripley bathroom? Yeah, the Ripley it's, Bob Evans bathroom.
2: It's funny that you know what I do for a living, and, and I've had my I've, I've had you know I'm um, teen opportunities to interview a lot of people, but then to just have these bump ins with people you know mm-hmm. unexpectedly who are also sports related people, but you know,
1: yeah. And what's um What's your relationship with Jerry West? Have you ever got to be able to sit down with Jerry? Yeah.
2: Not you know i mean I, I don't know if jerry would know me probably would but uh, yeah i've had i've had some uh, you know not not a lot you know but i have had my you know chances to to talk to jerry and uh, introduced him at an event uh once uh for uh, coach Tex williams and uh so yeah yeah you know great guy and man what a what a he is for west virginia Was that's that our the white whale
1: cj is that our white whale who we're trying to have on i mean like it's like his my.
2: His last name's West. I mean, how how, how great! Is yeah, last? you can't exactly. I
1: yeah, know. I think he. I mean, he's a little bit sh- maybe not shy is the right word, but I don't think he does a terrible amount of interviews. So maybe one day we'll we'll get him on here to just to reflect about West Virginia. It'd be pretty neat, yeah, but
2: it's awesome.
0: Was that a uh, event the Sports Legends Banquet? Is that when you introduced?
1: That was when Tex got his
2: uh, Artie yeah, Museum. Yeah, the Artie Museum unveiling of the yeah the grand opening, if if you will. Yeah, those yeah. few years. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people there in that little unincorporated uh, community known as Artie. There in Raleigh County. Yep. Yeah, and Texas, a Texas is a great one. You know, Texas, a guy that you know, I got had a little bit of an association with when he was coaching, and then I did broadcasting with him, and then he got back into coaching. And you know, yeah, he, he and I have been friends. Um, I think one of my uh, if I, if I'm going to talk about people that have meant a lot and did a lot for me, you know, and you know the story of the Steve Lewis.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Steve Lewis, you know, at the time was right before Don we became WVU's head coach. Steve Lewis leaves WVU as the all-time leading receiver in school history, and I think he's still top 10. You know, Hurricane guy, you know, grew up with Doc Holliday, and uh, Steve Dunlap and those guys. I mean, they had, they had some really good uh, athletes coming through Hurricane at that time, and uh, I was getting ready to go to Salem. And uh, Steve had finished his career at WVU. He's going to try to try to make it in the NFL, having a few tryouts back when they kind of did things that way. And I read this story about him in the Charleston Daily Mail that Chuck Landon wrote, and I said, "Gosh, I'd love to just have this guy send me some things, maybe I could work on or whatever." And wrote him a letter and literally wrote it, Steve Lewis, hurricane West Virginia and <laughs> of the world. He got that letter. We know. And, you know, he calls me and says, you know, and I'm thinking he's going to, yeah, you know, I'll send you something and just chat, chat on the phone. But he you knows, no, I want to come over and actually work out with you and show you some things. And he did, and, you know, really, really, really turned, not you know, a decent speed. I could catch. I mean, but you know, just how to, really run precise patterns and do things. Maybe I, I probably didn't know all those things because he just didn't throw the ball a whole lot in high school. And so he taught me all that. And then, you know, I, you know, applied that, you know, the rest of the way there in college. And then Steve and I, like a lot of people do, you know, you, you go your separate ways. And, and I think it was 2004. I just decided I was going to do a story, try to do a story on him and looked up Steve Lewis and the Charleston phone book. And there was a bunch of them. And I called several and left messages and, you know, one of them called me back, and it was him. And you know, we're talking, and I said, "Do you do you, do you know who I am?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, I, I mean, I watch you on TV." <laughs> and you know, and I'm like no. <laughs> and I brought up the thing at Ripley, and he was just dead silence on the phone. He just couldn't believe that's you. <laughs> you know, wow. and, that's funny. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, oh. kept, okay. and then we've been, you know, ever ever since we've just been keeping touch all the time. So, and uh, you know, Steve's, uh, Steve's a great one. Steve's probably a guy probably probably should be at some point in WVU's Hall of Fame, and hopefully that will happen sometime.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like we really haven't even – we've talked about a bunch of stuff, but even just for you, over the time that you've been doing this, I mean, there really hasn't been a second go by where you have not enjoyed being a sports broadcaster. It Has there been?
2: No, no, no. I mean, because it all started – you know, it really all started in high school or right at the end of high school into my – freshman year of college you know i started writing for the newspapers here in jackson county and somehow some way i've managed to continue to do that and uh, yeah, we yeah. were just
0: talking about that the other day too you know or some yeah. early paper days
2: yeah and so uh and then you know got into you know doing some radio in college you know locally with the radio station here locally and then of course at college they had a TV station at Marietta, so I did a lot of stuff there, so, you know, the time I got out of college, I felt like, you know, I know I can do this, and I want to do this. My mother died right after I got out of college, and, you know, I thought, you know, I'll put on hold, you know, going to some big city or, you know, whatever I'm going to chase, and then as time moved on, I just kind of enjoyed being kind of in the region here. I went over and worked in Ohio at uh, radio station there in Galilee's, which you was know, literally just just across the river. I didn't get river. very far, <laughs> you know, with the college. Like, oh, with the college in Ohio, and I went to, and I worked in Ohio. It's like, well, you know, but <laughs> I had to get very far. I literally <laughs> crossed a <the> bridge,
0: <laughs> yeah, two bridges, yeah. yeah.
2: But you know, and then then went to OAY out of Gal Police, and uh, you know, just kind of kind of kept it going from there, and you know, done uh, the anchoring thing and the writing thing and the play-by-play thing, and yeah, it's it's all been fun, and you know, hopefully, hopefully keep 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 uh, things rolling for a while.
0: I think that you uh, you summed it up. I forget when the last time you've mentioned this a couple of times, I forget when the last time that it was brought up or who you were speaking to about it, but it was along the lines of when you took the job, I, I think it was Charleston, um, you would basically, yeah. you know, maybe some opportunities outside of West Virginia had come up and, you know, it, something didn't work out for one reason or another. And you just basically said, well, I'm going to make West Virginia my big city, you know, yeah, yeah. 1.7, 1.8 million people. When you said, I'm just going to make West Virginia, my yeah, that's, big city.
2: Yeah. That's my big town.
0: Yeah. That's, my big town. <laughs> yeah, that's your that's big cool, town.
2: Yeah. That's yeah, a well, cool way well, to look at it. It went from a state to a city. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. 1.8 million. West Virginia, the big city.
1: (laughs) Well, it kind of, it low-key works like that because it's like, what other state could you almost have like so many connections across, you know, in Morgantown, Charleston, Huntington, like you can kind of bop your way around and almost treat it like a big, you know, New York or something, right? A big market, but it's almost like it's the entire state. Like, I think that fits kind of perfectly into West Virginia culture and just the geography of our state that you can Mm -hmm. pull that off.
2: Yeah, and you know what I'm doing, state, track meets or state basketball games or, uh, you know, girls and boys state basketball tournament, whatever, wrestling, whatever. I mean, I've been – I mean, there's about three high schools right now that I have actually not set foot on their campus, you know, which, and I'm, and I'm hoping to hopefully do that here. Or maybe I might do it in the next two weeks. Who yeah, knows? you get a couple of days <laughs> off here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so yeah, so I've been to all these places and I can identify with all these places and there's, there's not really a nook and cranny of West Virginia that I probably haven't been in. And I, and I like, and I just like, Every region and every area. They're all different. Uh, I mean, I love the I love the panhandles, the northern panhandle, the eastern panhandle, I love north central West Virginia. And then you get down into southern West Virginia and you're you're there on the Virginia border, and you get down into uh, Quarter G and you're on the you know the outskirts of Kentucky and the the coal mining regions and all that. I, I just see yeah, how there's so many you know, I love the middle, you know, I'm like right here in Ripley and, you know, kind of probably considered mid Ohio Valley is really kind of what I'm in here. And, you know, I just run up the road here to Parkersburg. And of course, obviously I went to college in uh, Ohio, Marietta. And so I just, yeah, man, there's just, people say, you know, ask me about living in Ripley. And I said, you just realize right here in Ripley, all these different places with, I can can get to with, you know, Ohio and uh, and then going to like Columbus or just anywhere like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really, really kind of a cool, cool place. But yeah, I love West Virginia. And you know, I just finally, after after a while, I just decided, you know, uh, you know, I get like any other guy. You know, sure, you you'd want to work for a network, but when you read about these network guys, I've never worked for a network, but these network guys that are doing just maybe play by play, those kind of things, it does it doesn't matter where those guys live. And now mm-hmm. it's getting more that with. You know what we're doing right here. You know you can almost be anywhere and still still get a lot lot of things accomplished. But yeah, I love I love West Virginia, no doubt.
1: It's a great way to end it. Mark, look, thanks, man. I think I told this to uh, Tony Caridi. I think you guys, you've experienced all the cool, you know, sports firsthand, but you also have shaped all the millions of experiences for everybody else that get to kind of experience the sports through your guys' interpretation and your excitement, your passion for sports. And that's no doubt influenced hundreds, thousands, you know, West Virginians and their feelings about the state and their sports team. So uh you're a great advocate for the state, and it was, it was awesome. Um, I, I'm a huge golf guy, so that Tiger Woods story is sticking With me. And that is, that is funny. I love it so much. So, um, yeah,
2: well, I I just, I've been, like I said, I've been lucky. I mean, you know, I got to write a book about a guy right here from Ripley that, that coached in the NFL, Paul Lanham, and, and, you know, just my contacts with him and, and just, you you know, like I said, uh, you got to find something. He graduated with my parents. And so that became just another, you know, wonderful. You know person in my life and but i've always said it doesn't matter if it's sports or whatever you just got to find what you like what you want to do and and just go do it and, you know you're never going to work a day in your life and hopefully i, th- I think that i can i can honestly say that's that's pr- that's been true for me
0: good deal man well thank you for jumping on here and it's fun right, guys. talking man, with you
2: already wow yeah <laughs> yep
0: <yeah. laughs> time flies right <laughs> all right
2: man thanks guys
0: All right, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode with Mark Martin. The Mountaineer Media Podcast is producer Mason Jack, co-host Cooper Zimmerman, and myself, C.J. Harvey. Special thanks to all of our bloggers, Joe Justice, Shannon Stowers, Jessica Riggins, Catherine Allen, Travis Kale, Laura Jackson-Roberts, and Mackenzie Holdren. You can find all of their work over on our website, mountaineermedia.org. Another shout-out to Jocelyn Barnhart, Andrew Montes, and Logan Garrison. They are part of our live event staff as we continue to plan the almost heaven classic coming in 2023 it's going to be one of the most entertaining and fun golf events the state of west virginia has ever seen quite the build-up i know but these guys are making it become a reality so we are very thankful for them and everybody on the mountaineer media team all right moving on hey if you want a special shout out on the podcast please pass along guest recommendations and contact information if we have that person on. We'll make sure to give you the credit that you deserve for sending all of that stuff our way. So help us out and we definitely will make sure that you get the spotlight that you deserve. So thank you for that. Make sure to check out our website like I previously mentioned, mountaineermedia.org We've not only got the blog, but a shop filled with one of a kind West Virginia merchandise. It's awesome. Check out Everything, including the mountain mama hat, perfect timing for Mother's Day, head over to mountaineermedia.org right now to check that out and make sure to sign up for the newsletter. When you're over on our website, you'll get monthly discount codes and we'll get you caught up to speed on everything that you need to know about Mountaineer media. You can also find us on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We love hearing from you guys. So shoot us a note on any of those social media platforms. We'll get back to you. And again, we just appreciate everything that you guys have done for us and just listening. It really just makes our day and you Helping us ultimately is helping West Virginia.